I think the community is the most beautiful part of the Web3 NFT space. The possibilities of what can be done with a lot of people and a lot of supporters, it's incredible. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, the official podcast of Unstoppable Domains and the go-to place for everybody to learn about the latest innovations in Web3, NFTs, and the decentralized web. Join us each week to hear from experts, entrepreneurs, and the early stage investors that are building the future on the blockchain. Not only will this podcast help you understand why these emerging technologies are so important, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in the metaverse. GMGM, GM, welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. My name's Josh Gordon, I'm your host. Today, we're diving into the world of NFTs with Pablo Stanley. He's a designer, an early 2021 NFT artist and founder of Robotos, which you know I feel like came out years ago, but it, it's awesome that that was one of the OG collections. And I've really seen him cultivate a great community that extends just beyond the metaverse and into the real life too. So I'm excited. Pablo, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here, Josh. I love your space. I love your studio here. I can see some art behind you. And I'm describing this to the audience because this is a podcast. And I don't know if people know know you. Like uh, visually, I have I see some plants, like natural light. That's really nice. I love that space that you have there. And uh, can you tell me about, uh, you have a skateboard behind you with some art. What is that? Yeah, so behind me, I got my Mutant Ape Yacht Club skateboard deck. It was like a limited edition drop they did, I don't know, five months ago. So I've got a, a Mutant Ape myself. And then on the other side of me, I've got some artwork from a personal concert that I, I threw with one of my best friends. So we were both, we, we both threw a rap concerts locally back home. And so I've got ticket stubs along with a picture from the show. Oh my God, hold on. So are you an artist? Are you a musician? You know, this is a great question. I appreciate you asking. So I actually started my like creative journey behind the camera as like a photographer and videographer. And so I've always been an artist from the sense of like I've created for other people. Like I help make music videos. And then in the, in the picture behind me for the concerts, I would also DJ and hype man. So you tell me like is, is DJing, hype manning and, you know, videography, is that still considered artist? Cause I feel like a lot of times it's, it's, we think of more people creating like the actual pieces of art versus video isn't always thrown into the same, you know, I, I, I think bucket. you are the unsung hero. The, one of the unsung heroes who is behind the cameras, behind the glamour, like making things happen, making others just look beautiful, sound cool look cool. So what you do and what you've done, it's seriously an art. I used to hustle too, you know, I used to hustle too. And like in the, I suppose like on your side, you will also call it the zine, the scene, the scene of just like all the musicians and all the artists who will be making parties and stuff and, and, and just like little concerts or gigs. And I used to be a, a photographer myself. I don't know if you did this, but also a photographer for parties. And I'll be the one like documenting the parties and, and just like a people getting 
drunk and having a good time. I would DM basically, this was back in like 2016, 2017. I would just DM DJs and rappers and I'd say, hey, like I see you're playing a show, like I'll shoot it for you. And then this moment I had was I, I ended up shooting this DJ set for like, it was like a 5,000 person concert and I shot the DJ set for the opener and then I noticed that the headliner didn't have anyone out there with them. And so I kind of just, I had my media pass. I just walked out on stage and started shooting them behind the DJ booth. I ended up standing on top of the DJ booth, like shooting them from the top perspective. And then it was like this moment where I felt the energy from like 5,000 people screaming in the crowd. I felt like an artist there up there with the DJ. He was interacting with me. So I knew it was, you know, he like told me to stand up on the table and I just, it was from that moment on that I kind of realized I may not be musically inclined, but I have the skill to operate a camera and that camera can put me in situations that I never expected to be in. And honestly, I can probably track it all the way through to this moment right here with you, you know, being on camera and podcasting because my creative journey really started, you know, in, in, in the video realm. And I'd say it led me to, to today with you and I wasn't expecting to talk about my art journey, though. It is cool because you took a you took a chance, you took a risk, you took an opportunity you saw there, and 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 you said like, "Hey, I'm going to be that person who's documenting this and is documenting this for this artist." I would say this as someone who has someone be on the DJ booth and having someone taking photos number one it feels cool because like if someone is taking photos then you feel like well if they're taking photos that means the the party's cool i feel important you know so like you being there as a photographer actually make the party better because like it validates the musician it validates the crowd it validates that this is a good time and it's and it needs a photographer to document it. So I don't know, you were contributing to the energy of the artist and, and maybe not you weren't considering it that way, but you were, you know, like a, the, the, the role of the photographer, the role of the people who are behind the scenes doing other stuff. It's really important to just like make the vibe better, you know? So 100%. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the validation. If anyone's watching on video right now, I can't wipe the smile off my face. Thanks for starting off the podcast like that, Pablo. I mean, it's a great transition. My first question to you was, are you having fun? And then, you know, my second question on top of that is, how has that felt taking the risk, launching an NFT project and really blossoming into something that is just this amazing community I've seen today? Okay, so there are different questions there. One is like, are you having fun? <laughs> You look like I, it. I, I, I suppose like anything that you do, like after a while, it becomes, even when you started and, and, and you're doing something that it's true to your core, it's true to you. If you do it often and then you have a team and you have, you do all that stuff, then it becomes, it becomes less of a fun thing and more, less of a side project and it becomes more of a job and it becomes more of work. You know, so in a way you could say that, A, like a lot of the stuff that we are doing and a lot of stuff that I that I do right now is very different from what I did when I started. Like when I started, I was doing mostly like doodles. Like I, I was doing all the art and I was creating a collection and I was like creating this world. Now it's uh, it's really about maintaining a community and a community that uh, 
always has like <laughs> a ton of expectations. And whatever you do, it's, you're never going to meet those expectations and they're always going to want more. So is, is, is your question, like, are you having fun? Ah, I will be honest, sometimes it's not that fun. Uh, sometimes it's just like, like having people who are always just like uh, there, like vocally, like talking to you directly to the creator. There is a lot of good stuff, you know, like, hey, you're hearing directly from uh, your supporters, like, uh, like their support, you're, you're hearing their concerns, you're hearing what they care about. So that's really important for me as a who who's not just only an artist, but it's also someone, I'm a product uh, thinker, I'm a, I'm a maker, and I'm a designer. So like, uh, having user input is really important because like that helps you improve your product. You know, it, it helps you iterate and it helps you just like, oh, okay, well, let's do it this way. And it's something I feel like we don't talk about enough in the NFT world is just this, this transition with everybody having a direct line to the founders of the project, the people really running it behind the scenes in like a traditional company situation. You don't speak to the CEO of, I don't know, I'm just, Netflix has been in the news recently. Like you don't talk to the CEO of Netflix every day. You hear from them on a quarterly basis. And all of a sudden you're expected to have this ongoing communication. And that really can lead to burnout and like other consequences that project founders may not anticipate at the beginning. Yeah. And you mentioned burnout and it's, it is something that I think is rampant now in the community. And I, and I would say that it's, it's, it's sometimes something that I feel like, I don't know, like I, I feel sometimes tired and drained. I feel like whatever I do, it feels like a failure. And there's always like a little bit of self-doubt. And like that drives you to, A, lose a little bit of your motivation, you know? I, I will say this too. Sometimes like the the space, like how it started as a, for me, it was just like, oh man, this is like, just like a new place to develop my art and have a connection with my my, my supporters. This is amazing. But then you, you start seeing in the space that like a most uh, most of the people care only about the they're there because of the financial reasons, which is okay. That's great. But at least my expectations were tarnished. Then it's like, oh, okay. They, they actually don't care about the art. It's <laughs> the art is just there. I become a little bit maybe detached, you know, and, and and as the artist who is the only one who actually cares about the art, and and, and not only myself. I think my team, my team is just amazing, and and and, and I wouldn't be here without my team and that core slice of supporters on our Discord who are just there because they love the art, because they love the stories, because they, they're they really there to create something new. So that small slice of the supporters are like really like what keeps us going. But like when you see the rest, like it, it's, it's hard not to grow a little bit cynical and negative, you know, where like, oh, uh, yeah, that this is not a, <laughs> like whatever you do is never going to be enough. Whatever you do, there's so you're always going to fail. So you feel a little bit helpless, you know, and trapped. I'm not alone in this. Like I, I, I know that a lot of founders, creators, and people in teams and other artists are feeling a little bit like this. So, and maybe they don't tell you that because that creates fud. You know, you cannot talk about these things. Yeah, no, I appreciate the honesty and also want to say like those feelings are are so valid and it's I think it's impactful for others to hear 
the experience you're going through when all of a sudden your art has this massive monetary value put behind it and then people are expecting it to maybe be things that it wasn't originally intended to be and what what I see in NFTs so often is this constant shifting in uh expectations all of a sudden a different project starts doing something and everyone starts saying oh why aren't we doing that too and it's okay for projects to be different to serve different purposes to have different roadmaps so you you kind of explain some of these challenges you're facing now how are you handling those moving forward i mean i i've seen you continue to build and maybe some of this is less art focused and it's more utility focused i'm not quite sure you tell me like with the the roboto's microverse you've got the time partnership i mean do you still see that as proliferating the art or is it more of a community expectation and utility focused play so here's the thing i don't have anything against utility i actually love utility i love the idea of like a bringing something that is valuable and something that is like a going to create something special, you know, and that a, by having a Roboto, you have access to this or by having a Roboto or having this specific token that you're showing support, then it gives you this other piece of art that we're creating. I love all of that. I think the the problem is not, and utility for me is something also of a driver too, like, because I'm, like I was saying, I'm not just an artist. I'm really also, a, uh, we are a, a product team, you know, we before uh, Robotos, and still on this, like my main job is not Robotos. My main job is actually like, or tooling inside Bueno. That's my main focus actually. On Robotos, like we have been able to leverage the work that we have been doing on, on Bueno and the technology that we have been developing and all the product that we have been developing to, to use it on Robotos too and bring utility to Robotos. But that's really a, a huge driver uh, for me and for my team, I think, where it's like, hey, help other artists, other creators, other communities, other community builders to just like have the tools that are necessary for them and, and consequentially also bring utility. So I think that's a huge driver for us, where it's like a, uh, uh, and, and something that like wakes me up in the morning and just like, yeah, let's, let's go do this. It's creating the tools for people so they can create their microverse, like the tools so people can create their contract without the need of a developer, the, the tools for people so they can create a 10K collection really easily, like seriously, in seconds. We have the tools to do that. And now we're like about to launch an alpha or a contract deployer. So you don't only create the art, but you can also put it on the test net, put it in main net, test your collection, put it out there, mint it, have a mint page that, that your people can use, your collectors can use, and all of this without the help of a developer. Nothing against developers. It's more like, a hey, you're an artist, you're a product maker, you're a, like, a focus on the things that, that are really important to you. Yeah. I, I definitely wanted to dive into Bueno. And just for anyone who's not familiar, it's something that Pablo, you're the CEO of Bueno, and it's a like self-serve smart contract deployer and exactly what you're describing, tools for non-technical people to start creating NFT collections, which I think is so important. I was actually just talking to a friend yesterday and we, we have this NFT idea and the minting and the smart contract side is just where we kind of hit the wall. Yeah, and, and then you have to... Well, look for the a developer, and and I'm not saying that they're. Not. <laughs> it's just the space. I you don't know who you can trust. 
You know, that's one. And whoever is out there that you can actually trust, uh, they already have a ton of other projects queued up because the, the, the people with the Solidity devs who are really good are, you can come them with the fingers in your hand. Like it's, it's, they're not a lot of them. So like a, having those tools for people like you, that's, that's our driver. That's like a, let's help them because they, it's, it's almost like tools that you need to just like a create back in, uh, or now like create a website. You know, like a, you might not actually know HTML or CSS or JavaScript, but you have an idea and you want to develop it, you know? So like, and now there are tools that allow you to do that. Just, just a creator, you have an idea and, and there are tools that just drag and drop and, and no code needed to create a beautiful landing page. That's the kind of mentality that we are having on like a NFT creators, NFT builders, where it's like, hey, you have the idea of the art, you have the idea of what this smart contract should do, how the interaction should be with your with your collectors, where it's like a, having a, an allow list, a link to it, having an, a max per wallet, having a, a supply that like a, having a pre-sale, all of those things that you will need to, to have that like we, we're building the tools so you can just do all of that. And so anyway, it's really exciting for us because it, uh, for us, it has been like Robotos in a way was a way for, for us to learn, like for us to understand the space. We got in there like knowing very little about the space, only know about, about NFTs. I had launched some NFTs horrible uh like nobody bought them <laughs> but then i actually gave them away i was like okay to a friend well actually one for one person actually did buy one of my first nfts who thank you so much Ooh, uh, that's his name who <laughs> was my first collector anyway like fast forward hey let's create a collection i didn't know everything that was going to be needed like i didn't know that after dropping that i would have to continue working on it. So like, hey, oh, okay. After dropping it, it's not like, okay, well, goodbye. Thank you for being collectors. No, hold on. People are like, yo, I need some utility. I need this roadmap. I need this thing. So I, then suddenly like, oh my God, all these responsibilities. I didn't know about this. You were writing the PFP playbook as it was being created. I mean, the when Robotos came out, it was really in a phase where everyone was experimenting with these profile picture and community type NFTs. And the utility just kind of started happening because originally like punks as the OG, like profile picture kind of project, they didn't have utility and still like that's they still really don't. Uh, we'll see what Yuga Labs does, right? But then all of a sudden, you and, and the Bored Apes started kind of pioneering what that would look like. I do want to ask some more broad Web3 questions, but maybe one more on the Robotos is just what was the most impactful like lesson learned coming out of that creation process up to where you are at, at today? I think a lot of things to learn. I can tell you what I think was really exciting. What I was cynically a little bit uh, in the beginning just like complaining a little bit. Actually, that's that was one of the biggest things that like keeps us going is the community side. Having a community that is supportive, that is there, like a, a trying to make this a success and uh, contributing and and trying to be part of this has been incredible, an incredible experience as a creator. Having people who are so passionate about what you're making is is really. A, a, a dream come true, you know, as an artist, like having 
like supporters of your art and what you do. Like that's uh, that's what all artists we want. We just want to be loved. We just want to be accepted. So that that was a, a, an amazing experience. And like with with its caveats, of course, because then like uh, with people who are truly passionate, then they will tell you their concerns very openly, very candidly too. So it's hard not to take it personally and not just like say, hey, I'm a failure. I failed my my supporters. And then like that can also just like drive you insane. But I think uh, the community is the most beautiful part of the Web3 NFT space. It's uh, like the possibilities of what can be done with a lot of people and a lot of supporters. It's, it's incredible. Totally. Now, we talked a lot about Robotos as a community, but now just a little bit more broadly, like PFP projects in general. Now, do you think that this digital identity is really going to stick long term? I mean, we're seeing it really happen on Twitter. But do you think more people will start adopting digital identities? And will those identities be fluid? Like, will we change what we look like online? Or do you think we're going to start honing in on like your Roboto is your identity or your ape is your identity everywhere we go? Or do you think it's gonna be a little bit more fluid? I think this has been a great way to get started with NFTs. Art and identity. It's just like ape. Art makes sense. It's an image. It's, it's the first way to put digital art in a way that you can actually collect it, that it's not, that it's a one out of one, that you can prove ownership, that you can prove that there's there's just one of it, uh, for example, which is something that you will enjoy in the physical world, right? Like starting with art, I think it made sense for NFTs to start that way. And I think it also made sense to start with identity, right? Whereas like a having this NFT prove who you are or where you belong to, whereas like I belong to this community and hence I my values are aligned with this. Hence my beliefs are like this and my my culture in a way it, it's it's I'm by being part of this community in a way I'm telling you like a by being a mutant for example it, it's telling you a little bit of the things that I care by being a roboto it's telling you in having it as a profile pic or having it as a as, as on your Twitter like a identifier like a, a, this is my NFT and I'm putting it as a profile pic it tells other people like a little bit about you, a lot about you if, if you want to dig deeper. It's a huge thing, right? You, you're replacing your photo, that selfie that you potentially took, and you're putting uh, a random doodle from an, a different artist, but it's but you're also saying at the same time, I care about this, I, I, I believe in this. So I think that that will evolve into other things. Uh, right now, it's just a JPEG, and I think uh, the JPEG will evolve into other technologies, into other things that the NFT will support, and the NFT like technology will also evolve, I think, to support all other ways to identify yourself and, and, and say what the NFT tells about you. So I think, yes, I think, yes, that will evolve, and I think it will remain. I don't think it will remain the way that we're seeing it right now. I, uh, if you ask me five years from now, well, it, it might be something totally different. And, and and we might see the JPEGs and all that just as a, the very early ways of using NFTs and art in that, I don't know, that sense of identity. But I think NFTs are not just that. Uh, NFTs, the promise of them is that, A, they can be used for a lot of things. Just like, A, like if we're talking about Web3 and the metaverse and this 
idea of like proven ownership and just like having uh, digital assets being proved to be just like a yours or uh, uh, the idea that I own them. And by having ownership of this object, I can trade it, I can sell it, I can just like have it with myself. I think that's going to evolve to just like, uh, it's already evolving to not just PFPs and not just uh, uh, art one out of ones, but it's also like on redeemables or like a ways to just like a, with this token is kind of like a ticket, you know, like a, this is a ticket that gets me access to this thing, or this is a membership that gets me access to this, which we have already used, been using the PFP as that, but I think there's going to be we're already seeing uh, evolutions of just instead of just a PFP, it's more of a card. It's more of a, a, a members a club card or something. That's one. I think NFTs that you can attach data to is going to be very important. Like, you know, I'm, I work for Unstoppable Domains. We work on NFT domains. And it's been really interesting to just learn how like you can start associating different pieces of Web3 data to an identity and maybe that identity isn't your PFP, just like I think your wallet isn't going to be the thing that you connect to every site. We're going to start evolving. And we started just connecting our wallets to sites. We started having our token be equal to our PFP. But I think that will, I do agree that will change too. One thing that is we're starting to see is just objects, digital objects. Right now, we've seen art as, like for example, here in my bag, in my wall, I have a lot of art, you know, and I own it. And you can see it's really easy for you to say, like, yeah, that's that's yours. And that's there's only one because it was hand-painted. So I don't need to go into Etherscan to understand that that's a one-out-of-one and that you own it because it's in your house. But in the web tree and the digital space, we need some way to just like identify what's yours and and from that like I can trade it and I can do whatever I want and I think uh, uh, we have been using it on on art but I think later I can say that little uh, furniture is mine that um, I don't know that rug that plant all the objects <laughs> digital objects are mine and I maybe I bought them and now that I bought them I can do whatever I want with them and a clear example of this is we see it on on web 2 games just games you know in the gaming industry gamers have spent billions of dollars a year on virtual goods it's already happening but users don't really own those objects. The company does because it's Web2. It's hosted over there. A really clear example that I think anyone can understand, it's uh, buying a digital book, for example. Let's go back to the physical way of doing it, right? You go to a library and you go around and you buy a book. Maybe you buy a book because of its cover. I suppose this is going to be good because it has a good cover. You go, you buy it. And you're like excited. I'm going to go to the park or maybe to house to just like read it. I don't know, maybe to a coffee shop just to look smart, you know, and in the coffee shop, just like, hey, maybe uh, I'll, I'll be reading a lot of people. Oh, that's a smart person. But imagine if in the bookstore, as soon as you want to get out, they will tell you like, hey, where are you going? You cannot go out with that book. Wait, wait, but I just bought it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bought it here and you have to read it here. You can only read it here. But I, I want to go read it in the park and I want to go read it in uh, in the coffee shop. Oh, I mean, no, we, we, we have a coffee shop here. You, 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 you can just read it here. So it's suddenly that book, you, you cannot do anything with it 
unless you are inside their ecosystem, unless you're in their app, unless you are inside that place. Unless it's a PDF, you know, but who wants to read a PDF when you want that really easy way of reading a book that is like in digital form, but now you cannot do it because you don't really own it. You, you want your your assets to be able to be taken with you to the different digital places that you hang out. And right now the assets are stuck within certain environments. It's a certain website that has a database associated with it. And these NFTs allow the, we talk about composability a lot on the podcast and they allow you to take an in-game asset with you throughout the entire ecosystem instead of just being stuck on like one spot. So I love that. And and you know, I do know we are we're coming up on time here in a minute. Pablo's flying around the world. He's going to meetings left and right because he's starting companies. He's running communities. Pablo, I just got three more questions for you before we wrap up this pod. It's our one, two, web three. So the first question is, who's an influential web three creator, entrepreneur, collector that's inspired or educated you? I think people on Cool Cats have been an inspiration, just like uh, Extreme Tom, uh, the developer, and, and Clone, the artist. Also, other communities that have actually grown out of the uh, other communities, like actually some one of our collectors who, who was Doug from Toy Boogers. I, I love the art, how he does it. He does it in a really peculiar way. Like what he does, and you can see that he really cares about just like the art and just keep creating. So it's it's someone that motivates us, I think, to just keep creating and uh, seeing someone like that. Awesome. And then second question, what's your favorite NFT? My favorite NFT, can I say Robotos? <laughs> you can say, you, if it's your favorite. Yeah. I, I would say actually Robopets. Robopets, which is the companion from Robotos, just because of the sheer amount of love and work and time and effort that we put into them. And just like the thinking on the development, on the design of them, it was seriously a team effort and and also uh, something that I think we did it out of love because it was just free uh, for our collectors and we yep. just gave it out for them. And I've still got my Robo Pets. So, oh, that's I, got, so cool. I think I got two uh, skateboard ones. That's so cool. Just the challenge of making those was pretty cool because we learned a lot. And as uh, for a personal experience with that NFT, it, I think is my favorite because like all the animations, all the technical challenges that we had and all the art challenges that we had were made it pretty special uh, for me personally and I think for the team. Yeah, awesome. And last question, and you can answer it succinctly in, in, in a short short answer. It doesn't need to be long, but is in five years, what's the craziest thing you'll be you think we'll be doing in the metaverse that people really aren't even thinking about yet? I'm being cynical again, but I feel like maybe five years from now, the metaverse is <laughs> it's going to be just something that we're going to be laughing at uh, about. Or it's like, oh, I remember when we were talking and we we're so obsessed with this thing people were obsessed with this thing called the metaverse and now we have this other thing that us in the past we cannot really think about the megaverse or whatever it is or like whatever it is in the future where it's like oh yeah remember so so yeah i think five years from now we're going to be laughing at ourselves for thinking that the metaverse was the future that's me being a little bit cynical <laughs> maybe you know, I don't think that's cynical. I actually just think that's like recognizing that the innovation is going to be moving at such a pace that the things that we're going to be doing in five years aren't things we're just thinking about yet. And that's that could just be a fact like the metaverse will look different than the vision we have now. Just like 
I don't know, different technologies look different today than they did five years ago. So, it, you know, it's a good perspective. Pablo, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. I appreciate your perspective and your your vulnerability and transparency with not only the things that excite you around building a Web3, but also the things that have been challenging, because I think that's a really good takeaway for all the creators and artists and builders listening to this pod. So if you can just end and let us know how to connect with you online, where to find you. Just on Twitter, uh, Pablo Stanley. And if you want to know more about Robotos, it's Robotos NFT. And also, I have a new project coming up that is called Humankind. So if you are interested in uh, more like adventure, just like a, a community in art and other things that we care about, uh, just go to also Humankind Art, which is a new project that I've been putting a lot of love into it. And also Bueno, yeah, and Bueno Art, <laughs> and Bueno NFT, sorry, <laughs> Bueno.art, that's our tooling. Yeah, if you're an NFT creator, you should check it out. Thank you so much, Pablo. I appreciate the insights, the vulnerability, the perspective that you brought to today's episode as a builder of NFT communities and also NFT tools and infrastructure for future creators. So thank you so much for joining. I really had a good time and I couldn't end this podcast without saying beep boop since I'm a Robotos holder myself. Now, for everybody listening, we are going to be doing a giveaway of a Robotos NFT. So be sure to follow me at JustWavyJ for information on that giveaway. Uh, super excited to give away this PFP uh, NFT to someone in the community who's listening and supporting the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're watching on YouTube, please drop a subscribe and a like on the video. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, leaving a review and downloading the episode or following the, the show on there goes a really long way and I appreciate it. So with that, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Josh Gordon. I'll see you in the metaverse. Peace out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. And remember, this conversation doesn't have to end here. Tweet us your questions, thoughts, and ideas to Unstoppable Web. I look forward to hearing from you and thank you so much for listening.